When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, isn't it? That's what you call passion and commentary. That's living the moment. That's getting you off your, your couch at home because uh, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And uh, whether you're watching it on the television or listening on the radio, that kind of commentary uh, just outlines the uh, excitement and the meaning of the Rugby World Cup. And today uh, we are happy to announce that we have uh, a Rugby World Cup commentary team. And it's a strong one as well. Daniel McCarty, Sam Hewitt and Scotty Stevenson will be calling play-by-play matches. And they will be assisted by four former All Blacks uh, alongside our very own Stephen Donald. Uh, We've got Christian Cullen, Steve Devine and the man who's on the line this morning, uh, Justin Marshall, who also, of course, uh, will be working for Supersport uh, as well in France on the ground over there. Uh, good morning to you again, Justin. We're not that long ago we talked, so thanks very much for uh, picking up again. Uh, man, all of a sudden your World Cup got very busy. <laughs> yeah, good morning to you, Smithy. Um, and <clears throat> apologies, um, hopefully my voice won't be like this when I'm commentating for Sins during <laughs> Rugby World Cup and equally working for Super Sport. But um, yeah, a little bit of cold weather down here in Queenstown has, has made me that way. But yes, very, very exciting. The Rugby World Cup now um, has me kind of getting out of bed for the job that I really love doing, which is commentary. And um, I'm really, really pleased that SENS um, has put together such a strong team and really looking forward to working um, throughout the World Cup with them. Well, uh, you uh, and Dick, uh, I understand for the very first game, which we're all looking forward to, that's the All Blacks against France. And all of a sudden, the rules have changed for France. Uh, no intermac. Uh, at uh, first five eight, so the Dupont Intermac uh, combination has been split, and they also, uh, by all accounts, have lost their number one loose head prop and Cyril Bayer as well. Mm. Yeah, massive blow for them, especially Intermac, because as you rightly mentioned, um, Smithy, and you know your rugby well. You now the combination with Dupont uh, is huge for France. They played throughout the age grades; they know each other really well, uh, and they've formulated, you know, such a a great pairing recently for France that are catalysts of what sets that really exciting backline um, alight and you know him being miss, him missing from the side is a huge blow it's a massive blow for France and, and, and equally for the way that they play that's the main thing out of it all you know the way they play with Intermac and Dupont when they're the generals um, is completely different to how they're going to have to play now and adapt. So it's going to be interesting to see what effect that has them. We'll know in that first game, big time. 
Uh, any thought to packing your bags yet? I know how excited you get. <laughs> um, believe it or not, yes, you know me well again, Smithy. Um, my suitcase is half packed. Uh, so I'm sort of figuring out now um, how to balance out the entire trip. You know, it, it is a big World Cup. You're, you're pretty much away for around 10 weeks. Um, go through probably the tail end of summer over there. Uh, and then sort of when you're getting near the end of October, probably a bit more winter-type conditions. So balancing out that suitcase is key. Um, but, oh, mate, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. You know, this is this is the, the, the pinnacle of, of rugby, you know, a Rugby World Cup. And, and I probably think one thing that is really evident to me, and I'm pretty sure everybody out there would probably agree, is... This Rugby World Cup would probably be one of the most heavily contested that we've seen for a very long time. When you look at the way some of the Six Nation teams are playing, like Scotland's performance in the last two weeks against France has been simply outstanding. So their first game down in Marseille against South Africa is going to be a belter of a game. But equally, we know how good Ireland are at the moment. Um, you know, And the anomaly probably in the mix is England, where, where they're going to find themselves. But... There are so many countries that can win this World Cup. It's, and it really is mouth-watering prospect um, to, to look forward to the whole tournament. I imagine you've uh, studied, because of your work with Supersport, you look very closely at uh, the combination that uh, Jacques Nenaba has come up with now. Uh, interesting to a 19-14 split. Within those 14 backs, though, Justin, he's found room for four scrum halves, which is pretty unusual, uh, and only two specialist hookers. That is unusual. But they have this weird knack and ability, South Africa, particularly in that position, of their scrum halves having the ability to play across the back line. I've seen Faf de Klerk play on the wing. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, do have, they do have that ability. And I think what he is thinking to himself is, in the way that Faf de Klerk defends, he defends on the wing anyway. He, from from any set piece, he drops back, and you often see him flying in out of line. You know, from second to last or last defender, cutting people down because you know he's used to defending in that position. So, uh, you know, very much so. I think that's why that he he feels that um, he can play some of them out of position and fill spots uh, in, in in that way. Right. Okay. Let's uh, look at a couple of issues um, again. Um, and this side, before you head away, um, you'll miss the tail end, obviously, of the NPC rugby, but it looks, for all intents and purposes, as they're going to remodel it yet again. I don't know uh, how many times they've done this in the last decade uh, to try and find one that has, uh, does fit for purpose, because apparently this one doesn't anymore. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Mark Robinson's comments about um, how he feels the NPC format is working and to a degree not working and, and where we need to go um, with it in the future. Look, it's really, for me, because of where I came from and where I started, and that was with Southland, and then on to Canterbury, I hold the NPC dear to my heart and, and, and the Ranfurly Shield as well. Um, and I feel I'm, I'm not so convinced that it is broken. You know, the, the way that the game is now, you know, unfortunately with the the volume of rugby that we see, the NPC is always just going to have to find its spot. And you're not going to get the huge crowds that we used to get. And, and equally in the current climate, with the way the economy is, you know, people are watching their pennies. Um, so it's harder for them to get along the stadium, stadium a big family. So 
it doesn't mean that necessarily the game is broken in that regard because I think the format is really good. I, I really enjoy the fact that we've now got it combined and we haven't got this uh, sort of two separate um, divisions. I really like the fact that everyone gets to play everybody. What I didn't like, uh, and I read the article, I read it two or three times actually, uh, there was one line in there I, I was a little bit concerned about that when it says unions... Uh, believe that community rugby uh, should not be sacrificed for the sake of uh, winning the title. That's what the union believes. You know, uh, in other words, uh, let's work more upon um, engagement, uh, sustainability, more so than the end result, which, of course, for the players, is to be a title holder. I'm not sure the players will buy into that. Yeah, I agree with you, and you make a very valid point. And, and I, I guess, you know, that's where we've got to be very careful about making sure that what we want we want the best for the players and, and the players being out there producing good rugby because they want to. And, and that, that's where we've got to make sure that the line is very clear. Uh, look, I, look, I certainly know that the, the stepping stone to get to the All Blacks has always been club rugby and then into the NPC. And all of the youth out there that are playing the game have massive um, aspirations to play all their province, and to get out there and put on a provincial jersey and, and play the game at a level above type of level and, and perhaps get noticed for a, a possible professional opportunity. So, yeah, you've got to make sure that the players are happy and the players are wanting to pull those jerseys on and go out and entertain us. OK, uh, let's uh, look at a... This is an interesting one this weekend. Uh, Wellington have a shield challenge at the Hut Rack. For ten dollars to yeah. head to get in, I mean that's. Uh, I don't know how many they'll get in for that. Um, it's, it's a novel approach, but I know the hut wreck is um, a lot of standing room. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? But I, I like when there is innovation and and there is. A, let's try and see if we can grow the game, see if we can get people along. Whereas we possibly might not have been able to do that at a big stadium. Let's create an atmosphere and an environment. You know, let's face it, it is the Ranfurly Shield. And all my time, mate, all my time in the game and commentating and playing and being a part of rugby, I've never been to the hut wreck. And I'll go, I'm going to be there on Saturday. I'm actually quite looking forward to it because I don't know what to expect. I don't know what the crowd's going to look like. The fact that you've told me that it's a lot of standing room, I didn't have a clue that that was the case. So... For me, it's actually quite refreshing, if that makes sense, and I hope that for the Wellington public it's refreshing as well because sometimes going along to a big stadium when it's half full and only half the beer stores and food stores are, are open and it's a bit of a mission, going along to something a bit more intimate with a great environment um, gets people you know, energised to go and watch more. It'll be interesting, actually, to see because... Um, the, the hut wreck um, that I used to go to and play cricket at um, uh, had one grandstand as such and a lot of um, a lot of wide open spaces, just basically like a club rugby ground. And I'm pretty sure I saw a women's uh, Farah Palmer Cup game there the other day um, and I think it was Wellington. It might have been against Hawke's Bay and uh, that's what it still looked like to me. So I'll be interested to, to hear your impressions of, um, of going back to a ground of that nature. When we go, when you go to France, what are the what are the key, the big rugby areas in France that you like going back to? Oh, I always enjoy going down to Marseille. Um, you know, they're, they're very passionate about the rugby down there. But equally, you know, the opportunity to go to some of the 
the big clubs um, that have always been top performers, like the All Blacks are playing, and that'll be the second game that I'm doing uh, for Sens, which is the All Blacks versus Namibia in, in, um, in Toulouse. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Bordeaux, again, you know, like what, what a magnificent area that is anyway, and we all know why. <laughs> but equally, it's a really cool place to go for to, to watch rugby as well. So, you know, you go to some of those traditional um, rugby areas that are outside of the mainstream cities, like to a degree, like Paris, for example, which I haven't mentioned, or Lyon, um, and go to those ones that are a bit more, I guess, got a bit more character about them. Um, that's always really, really rewarding. I'll, I'll, I'll probably drive down the road after I do the game um, in Toulouse, actually, and uh, have a look, a bit of a look at my old haunt in Montpellier, where I used to play along that coastline. It's just absolutely magnificent. The Pond de Car, you go into places um, like Nîmes, um, yeah, Shet, which is famous for oysters. That'll be a good time, Smitty, believe me. <laughs> beach Club, you can see me at the Beach Club, couldn't you? Speedos on, prancing around. I'm thinking more of the oysters and your Speedos at this point. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, interesting. Um, and uh, not so much the All Black selection, I think, was pretty predictable by the end of it. But the, the backup staff as such that they're taking over, the backup players, and what kind of team do you think Ian Foster might play against the Springboks at Twickenham? Well, I'm hoping it's as close to the team that's going to play against France in the opener. Uh, as possible, because barring players that he feels um, are carrying little nibbles, there's, there's no there's no time to start. This is not the time to start protecting players. This is the time to get players confident, get them hardened. Um, I think I mentioned last time we spoke about. I'm a bit worried about how how cruisy our pool is. You know, we've got one tough game, and then the rest of them should be pretty mandatory. So, you know, why not take on the Springboks, regardless of what side they put on with? pretty much close to our top team, put some points on them, knock their confidence a little bit, uh, and equally show the rest of the world, and particularly France, who now are without their key playmaker, that the All Blacks are here, and here ready to take this Rugby World Cup by storm, and they are the force to be reckoned with that they've been in the past. Going into that game half-cocked, um, not sending a message to everybody, um, you know, uh, at Twickenham, against South Africa, I don't think it's the right idea. I don't think it's time to experiment. It's time to get started. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right, Justin. Hey, look, um, thank you very much uh, for being available again. Uh, It's great news that uh, we'll be able to hear um, maybe an exciting finish uh, here on SENZ as well, particularly that first game, which is going to set the tone. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, If you can relive those days, uh, those magical days that you had, uh, calling that Bowden Barrett try, uh, that'll do me. I'll stay up for it. Don't worry about that. Hey, mate, have a terrific trip. Have a terrific trip um, and, uh, yeah, enjoy every bit of it. And uh, I think the great thing is you're going to catch up with a lot of old buddies and a lot of old adversaries as well. World Cups are like that, aren't they? They are. And and as you know, you've been to Cricket World Cups and that's probably the the, the favourite part of a tournament like that, you know, seeing those familiar faces, faces that you've played against, but they are now on on the different side of of the field. You know, they, they are there just enjoying the sport for what it is and I'm very much looking forward to it. Appreciate your kind words Smithy and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting on the plane and getting over there and enjoying this World Cup. Good on you Justin as always. Thanks for being available and travel very very safely. Thanks mate. Cheers mate.
Just uh, Justin Marshall there. That's the good news, folks. That's a really, really good news. It's so exciting. Yes. Uh, so we will have uh, calling the shots, play by play. Daniel McCarty, Sam Hewitt. Uh, Sammy, of course, uh, of Warriors fame with all that great excitement. Scotty Stevenson, who is undoubted, of course, a terrific broadcaster. Uh, and then um, those guys analysing those plays that they'll be calling. Uh, that'll be Beaver. That'll be Stephen Donald. That'll be Justin Marshall, who we've just spoken to. That will be Christian Cullen, the legendary Cully. And Steve Devine, of course, uh, might have a little interest uh, in the Australian side of things as well, Steve Devine. Uh, that's an interesting uh, squad that Eddie Jones has come up with. Uh, we'll also have a production team on the ground, so we'll be uh, providing uh, plenty of magazine-type coverage. Uh, it'll include um, behind-the-scenes and, uh, of course, uh, interviews. Uh, we'll be going to trainings when they possibly can. Pick up on the early selections, all the goss going around, and there's plenty of that at World Cup time. Uh, we'll have uh, digital channels during this time as well with uh, Logan Swinkles managing that side of things, and uh, that'll be brilliant, brilliant content. Uh, and uh, also, uh, we can tell you uh, that uh, we will have Rugby World Cup today. Um, that will be uh, from the ground in France uh, and, and from at home when we are not. Uh, also, uh, the Bunnings Trade Rugby re returns on Sundays, of course, with uh, 12 to 2 in the afternoon with uh, uh, Watto and Steve Devine. That starts on August the 27th, which is, of course, uh, around about 12 days away and extending until the end of the tournament. So uh, that uh, is a very, very big, big heap of coverage on our Premier Rugby event. Uh, so we're proud to be associated with that and announce that this morning. So uh, let's hope... Uh, you can enjoy it as much as we're going to. It's 10.20 here on the home of the Rugby World Cup on the radio, SENZ.